Hi, welcome to Tabletop Transmissions. I'm one of your hosts, Liz. Uh, you've tuned into the podcast that is about tabletop gaming and being queer in general. Uh, joining me tonight, as always, uh, is one of our co-hosts, Cassie. Hi, this is Cassie from Coronavirus Central. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and joining us tonight... We have a special guest. Uh, we have, uh, and I'm sorry, Ruby, I might butcher your last name. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's fair. Uh, Ruby Meesum? Yeah, no, that's actually the first time in months I've heard anyone get it right. Uh, <laughs> this is, this is uh, years as a public school educator <laughs> have taught me how to make good guesses on last names. If, hey, I, yeah, no, I... I I, appre- I I'm very happy about it uh, about the getting it right, but yeah, I'm I'm not keeping it around, so you know. Also fair. It's very it's very much the uh, last name I have because I can't think of anything else right now, you know. Okay. Uh, I almost went with a Star Trek character, so yeah, I get that. That's fair. That's so valid. Uh, I almost went with Nerese. Oh. <laughs> Oh, but that rules, though. Elizabeth Nerys? Right, but I'm going to take my partner's last name anyway, so, you know, fuck it, whatever. (laughs) But anyway, so, Ruby, the reason you're here tonight, uh, it's not just because you were very charming and a pleasure to talk to so far, um, which you you you. are. Thank you. Uh, I should ask, first of all... (laughs) Thank you. I should ask, first of all, what are your pronouns? Oh, yes, of course. Uh, My name's Ruby, uh... But that's been established. I automatically went right to my, like, I'm going to introduce myself mode. Um, uh, I use she, her pronouns exclusively. As do I. Google. So. I thought um, you said Google, and I'm like, it, uh, it, I, it I know. Sound Google. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to know what my, I don't need to Google my pronouns. <laughs> I mean, occasionally I do. <laughs> like, I look, I'd be lying if I said I hadn't, like, once or twice been, like, what the fuck do I go by again? No, I, I think we've all had those moments of, oh, yeah. right, name. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, so you're here tonight because, or, you know, whenever you're listening, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to judge you. Uh, <laughs> but you're here to talk about your new Kickstarter that's coming up. Yes. Uh, yes it's called yes. It's called Ascendancy. Yes. Uh, and if I'm uh, if I am reading your description correctly, it is a game about sci- uh, psychic cyborgs, identity, and finding yourself through fighting for what you believe in. Yes. Uh, uh, wow, I forgot. I forgot I wrote that. That's really good. <laughs> not gonna lie, sounds uh, dope. Uh, yes, do, the, do, kids, do the kids still say dope? Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. I think I don't know. Oh God. There. You're. you're, you're... Closer to the kids than, than than we are, I think. I I I'm 19. I don't know. You're I'm yeah, 19? you're, yeah, yeah. you're closer than us. Yes. Am I 19 or 20? Oh, ADHD is really bad. <laughs> That's not important. No. <laughs> but so um, I I got sounds say. right up our alley. I yes. gotta say, because yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like you know. I, I have described it to someone who was asking about, you know, what we were talking about in this episode as trans cyberpunk. And that, 
that's no, kind yeah, of that's... what I got. Yeah, that's that's what I aimed for, really. Yeah. I I gotta say what what I am digging the most is the art you have on your banner on Kickstarter. Oh my god, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Charlie is a a wizard. They're a wizard. Uh, my artist is uh, Charlie C. Uh, they them. Uh, I, their at is uh, at it's Charlie now on Twitter. Uh, they are honestly just an incredible artist. Like I can't. I I really I really am happy that they're on board and working on this game. It's like I'm looking at that the cyber net. So for those who this is an audio medium, you don't know what oh, yeah. it looks like, <laughs> but. Um, and we're going to have the link to the Kickstarter launch page. Uh, it's coming out the 7th. It's starting the 7th, correct? March 7th, yes. March 7th, okay. Um, and it's um, – so we will have the link in our description. This will be out just before this starts. Uh, but it is your logo, which is kind of this uh, – how would you describe – I mean, it's your logo, it's but then it's this cool – uh, cyberpunk person who has an almost biopunk looking arm. Yeah, the uh, so so the logo was done by uh, Sorbet uh, at Sorbet Draws. Uh, he did he he's done a lot of like indie tabletop games. Uh, I know he did Interstitial, uh, a few other ones that I'm forgetting because I'm very bad at remembering things. Um. He's he's incredible. He's a great he's a great artist, and I, I, I basically just sent him a mood board. Well, okay, so the the illustrator Charlie sent me a mood board of like here's what they've been using as a reference for the game's aesthetic, and I just forwarded that directly to Sorbet, and Sorbet came back with this incredible logo. It's this uh, custom font that like reads ascendancy and behind it is what is like this like orb this planet looking thing that's made out of like triangles with dots and it fades from yellow to purple it's incredible i i like after i got it i literally like they <laughs> uh sorbet sent it and i was and i literally spent like 20 minutes straight just staring at it and my dad went, uh, I, like, my dad just said, like, are, are you okay, kid? Like, are you, did you get bad news? And I'm just like, no, I can't. This is the best thing that has ever happened to me. This is incredible. It's like, no, this is definitely one of the the raddest logos I've seen for not oh, just a game, so not for just a Kickstarter, but for a game in general. No, it's incredible. Like, Sorbet is an amazing artist. He's so, like, he... And it only it took it like very little time. Like if flat out, if you're a tabletop designer and you want a logo, fucking uh, sorbet draws on Twitter. I cannot recommend him highly enough. And we're gonna make give him sure, your money. Um, if you if you will send me their ads, I will make sure they are in our show notes. Yeah, we'll do. Yeah, he he deserves every single he deserves every single bit of credit, and Charlie deserves every bit of credit. Just every part of, yeah. So like every I, every part of the illustration team is incredible. I I be, I'll be honest. I love geeking out over RPG art. I'm not an artist yeah, myself, but I definitely appreciate it. <laughs> no, and that's I I I'm the exact same. And that's actually a really big reason that I was really happy to have Charlie on board. Um, I 
I found Charlie, I made a tweet saying like, you know, hey, I'm looking for an illustrator for a uh, cyberpunk game about like cyborgs. And um, there was a like, there was a lot of amazing stuff. Like I, I, I legitimately, I've saved every single person who replied to it to a doc because I could see myself hiring all of them down the line. Like there's some amazing, amazingly skilled people out there. Um, it's, it's worth noting that um, you're here because you made a tweet saying, yeah. "Hey, does anyone friends tabletop <laughs> role playing?" Which I, which got retweeted, so I saw it and passed it along to Liz. Yeah, yeah, yeah that. Yeah, yeah, yep. definitely. It's Oops. very much one of those. Uh, so you find good things by making Twitter, tweets. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, Charlie, I don't know if I've ever talked about this. Uh, what drew me specifically to Charlie's art was I opened up their their page, their Twitter, and the first thing I saw was this piece of a uh, a person sitting at a like bar table holding a like holding a holographic display as if it was like actually physical and like down their arm and they had like gloves on that had like uh inlaid technology and they were like at this like cd bar and like the light was coming through the bottles behind them and i knew instantly i'm like this is i got, I got chills up and down my body i'm like this is the exact like their their art is so atmospheric and so like good and they're on they're on the exact same wavelength as me it's incredible i love i love working with charlie on the art i've got uh two other pieces of art that i've shown on my twitter but uh they'll be on the kickstarter page so nice so so let's talk a little bit about the actual game. Yes, um, I, <laughs> I should probably <laughs> stop using this as an excuse to talk up every all, everyone else who works on it. <laughs> so it's it's clearly a, a cyberpunk genre game. Yes. Um, what kind? Of, I mean, uh, what makes it different than other punk games, whether they be Red or? or um any or any of the the punk indie games up besides yours yeah so uh there's there's a lot that makes ascendancy unique um so for, first thing I, i'll say um is give give is the general overview of the game um it's so mm, words okay uh, Ascendancy is a uh, cyberpunk game set in the uh, future city uh, of Mooncore. Uh, the main idea of Ascendancy setting is that the world used to be ruled over by an oppressive empire called the Uplift. Uh, and the Uplift basically were like, you know, colonialist assholes who ruled over the entire world. Um, but uh, five years before the game starts, uh, they were overthrown by a revolution and now all of them are dead. So, uh, but that left, like, a huge power vacuum that different groups are trying to fight over. Um, and the players play as uh, Ascended, which are, uh, in the last days of the Uplift's empire, the Uplift created uh, created the Ascended to be used as weapons, uh, which are basically, the Ascended are people, but biologically and physically augmented to have s extreme psychic powers. So it's this like they uh, they made you the player in order to use as a weapon, but now that the uplift doesn't dominate your life, like now that they're not in charge of you anymore, they're not who defines you. It's 
you need to figure out who you are in a world that is in chaos. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It, I'll be I'll be honest. I I I really dig this. Uh, it sounds a lot like leftist Twitter. <laughs> um, yeah. And, like I'm just sitting here thinking. You're not like, wrong. <laughs> like wait. No, you're right. <laughs> no, but that's not that's not anything bad. I I actually really love this. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's a game very focused on the idea of identity. Uh, like, um, you know, when you're an incredible person who's gone through this traumatic experience that has separated you from who you thought you were, like you, it, you've been separated from you. How do you reconstruct your identity from there when everyone has their own idea of who you are or what you should do? And you have all this ability that you don't know what to do with. Uh, how do you go from a yeah? It's how do you go from a like position of aimless, not knowing yourself to know to being you know happy and self self fulfilled. Wow. <sighs> Play ascendancy to find out because we've had some wild fucking answers. Let me tell you. <laughs> I am. I am. I want to know more about the setting, but since we're doing kind of a, a, an overview, yes. what um, what's I, the uh, system like? Yeah, I can go over the setting later because the settings the setting is a huge part of ascendancy. Um, so when it comes to uh the game, it is a it's a hack of uh Spire by Grant Howitt and Chris Taylor. Mm -hmm. I remembered both of their names that time. Usually, I get one or the other by accident. Um, uh, so. It's it's actually the first game to be a hack of Spire that's uh, to reach Kickstarter that wasn't made by Grant Howitt and Chris Taylor. <laughs> uh, unless you count uh, Voidheart Symphony. Voidheart has some elements of Spark by Resistance, but it's not purely Spark by Resistance. Um, so so I, I will be honest, I'm not real familiar with Spire. I, yes. I have heard the name, I just don't know anything about it. Yeah, I'll give a rundown. Uh, Spire uh, is, I'll give the briefest rundown of Spire because I love that game, uh, but, you know, I'm not here to talk about it. Uh, Spire is great, and I love Grant. He's been very nice to me. But um, So the idea behind Spire is that it's a, uh, like, uh, it's a fantasy game set in a mile-high tower where the players play as uh, drow trying to overthrow the high elves who have taken over their ancestral homeland. Wow, that that's high concept. It's that... pretty high concept, yeah. Uh, it's very, it's very much uh, pulls on the explicit like race metaphor in fantasy and uses it to tell a story about oppression and resistance. Mm. Um, and Spire was really like it, 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 it came out at the right time for me because in development I didn't know what to do with Ascendancy and I was starting to develop it as a powered by the apocalypse game, which. It would be mm -hmm. terrible as a Powered by the Apocalypse game, looking back. Um, uh, Spire came out, and it really, like, hit me in the right way. Because it has a lot of mechanics that just really, like, work. Um, so, Sparked by Resistance games, uh, that's the term for, like, games that are based on Spire. Um, they, 
the the main defining trait of spark by resistance is that it's really simple they're really 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 elegant um like spire's rules all fit in 20 pages wow the first 20 pages of the game is is the is the main rules and that's even including like tables and charts and shit and then it's like all the playbooks and then the rest of the 300 page book is purely lore uh and that simplicity because like i'm i'm adhd uh, and i talk about that a lot because fuck yeah i'm adhd um i i can't really process like crunchy games that are on the crunchier side and by that i mean if you tell me to do blades in the dark downtime i will probably cry <laughs> so <laughs> i uh, and I've I've been I've gone on record that I do not like Blades in the Dark downtime because I literally cannot engage with the mechanic because of my ADHD. Um, so Spire really like appealed to me because of that simplicity. That there's there's a lot of depth in not a lot of mechanic, mm. and it makes and it means and it makes it feel that like almost every single choice in Spire just feels really deliberate. Uh, and that's something I wanted to carry over to Ascendancy. I was like, and, you know, and I'd be lying if I said I didn't. Part of the reason I made, <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever said this aloud. Uh, part of the reason I did decide to make Ascendancy uh, a Spire hack was I wanted to be the first one to make a Spire hack. <laughs> that's I, valid. I don't, I don't think there's yeah. anything wrong with that. Yeah. Well, uh, everything just ended up lining up really well together. Um but there was so there was there was a lot of ascendancy that i really liked but that didn't really like click because uh in retrospect i didn't understand the system but i i've started to get a hang of it and i've started to really understand and come to love spark by resistance uh and the thing that it because the thing that it does really 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 well is uh model change um so the main the main like mechanical uh center of a spark by resistance game is that the player has uh you know a certain amount in instead of like blades in the dark where you have one stress tracker you have multiple representing different sorts of stress so like inspire you had uh body stress uh financial stress uh like stress to your cover uh and stress to your like mental state I think there was another one that I might be forgetting, but don't quote me on that. Um, and so, and what happens is as that increases, uh, you have a higher chance of suffering a consequence from getting pushed in uh, in that direction, from getting pushed on that too hard. Like, you know, it, the, the way that the way that it's explained, that I like to explain it is you can take all the hits you want, but until you get a fallout, you're not going to break a bone. This is sounding surprisingly like a gumshoe type game. I, I, okay. Spire, <laughs> Spire has a very gumshoe atmosphere. Um, and I've wanted to make a gumshoe game with it for a while. See, like I, or I've wanted someone to do it because yes, you can do I, really cool stuff with it, but I definitely don't know the genre well enough to. I, 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 uh, I said gumshoe, so you don't have to drink. If it is said gumshoe, <laughs> I've yeah, really, I, I, I've really wanted someone to make that for a long time. Yes, 
if you're listening to this check out the spark by resistance system because like you know how to change fallouts to be a twist in the case like have a case tracker fallout is a twist in the case easy genre captured i'll be honest uh as we were sitting here talking i just googled uh, or I just went to drive through and searched for it, and I think that might be my next RPG purchase. Spire's incredible. Spire Spire is a lot of fun. Um, there's there's a lot of elements in it. Uh, I don't want to put anyone on blast. Uh, it's a really great game, and I love it a lot. There's a lot of elements in it that are very definitely like a first draft of the system. Ah, um, okay. not not like a first draft. That's rude. Like this is the first time that a sparked by resistance system had been made. And there's a lot of like um, trying to figure out what the framework they'd created can actually do. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's a lot of stuff that like can be easily cut or that can be added in and it, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I I think that's absolutely fair. Cause I, I, now, now folks will get the drink because if you look at uh, gumshoe games, (laughs) um, I mean, cause if you look at like, like esoterrorist and trail of Cthulhu, Versus Time Watch and Ashen Stars and Knights Black Agents, mm. they're those three games are much more advanced and they can do a lot of more elegant things than the first two could. Right. But either way, I'm I'm sorry. I I, uh, I didn't no yeah that. no it's 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 like that yeah it it's 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 a great game and yeah. has like. I mean, it it has probably the coolest playbooks in the biz, um, but we're finding a phase now with uh, resistance systems where people are going out and making their own ones and are testing the limits of what it can do and are testing, well, was this original system from the Spire needed or was this one needed? Like, yeah. I cut, like, three or four systems from Spire. <laughs> and I, I, don't, I don't think that's a... That's not necessarily a bad thing. I think no. uh, modifying and streamlining. I, I, I hate to in- interrupt, but I, I, I guys, oh. I hate to interrupt, but um, I'm getting a little bit of like issues. Yeah, me too. I'm getting connection problems. Oh, I'm not. Okay. Uh oh. Uh, okay. well, what we can do? Um, we are at. Let me. I'm just gonna make a note here. We are hmm. at 23 minutes. Oh my god. Um, I feel like I've said nothing. Yeah. <laughs> no, I have no. so much to talk about. <laughs> um, how are we sounding now? Good. That sounds fine. We're sounding okay now, but I can't, I got a lot of cut out from both of you for for a little while. Uh, okay. Yeah, it, it might be on your end because I'm not. I didn't get any of that from. I think we're fine. I think because um, I said I'm I'm yeah. one recording. I can hear everybody. Hmm. I think we're okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I'll just make sure I, I cut sure. out to this part here. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, so how? So now that we kind of have an idea of how the system works a little bit and what what's going on here. Yes. Um, let's talk a little bit more about ascendancy. Yes. So. so oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go, I was just gonna say. So, so what? Um, how do you normally start talking about it, I guess? Hmm. 
so or i should guess what's your elevator pitch yeah i mean my elevator pitch is very much it yeah it's that game it's it's a it's a game about like identity and finding who you are through like uh in in a difficult in a difficult world um you know finding who you are through fighting for what you believe in as i apparently wrote i don't remember writing that but holy shit i nailed it um and (laughs) i need to stop patting myself on the back but i will um it uh wow train of thought just completely like it didn't it completely derailed it like it like went it went over to those like water refilling stations and refilled with water and then just kind of forgot to leave and it's just stopped there now (laughs) And just water's pouring out of wherever you put the water in. I don't know anything about trains. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not laughing at you. <laughs> no, it's fair. <laughs> so um, I guess so. Kind of something that so when you tried it, when you introduced it to me, kind of a question. As we've been talking about it, you've talked about that it different factions fighting. I guess not fighting, but trying to fill that void that was left. Yes. So I guess my first question then is, does this game focus more on group cohesion or is it one of those games where it's about more intersecting stories? If if that Uh, makes sense. Define what you mean by intersecting stories. Well, like, so you you might not necessarily be a group group, but you end up banding together for various oh. reasons. Um, no, it's a, it's very, it's more like working together with people with the rest of your team. Um, and I, so I think it's important to say there are a lot of factions in the lore because I love writing factions. Um, but there's not, it's not like, it's I keep saying Blades in the Dark, but Blades in the Dark is my like number one pull for like ninety nine percent of of tabletop games. I love Blades games. Um, it's it's not like that where the factions have like each their own clocks and these deep mechanics behind them and you know narrative and t- mechanical ties and your relationship to them is important. Uh, that's all abstracted away in one stress tracker. There's just one one stress tracker that represents like the city moves without you. It's part of the game, but it's not the focus. Mm. Um, what what the focus is is uh, the factions are very much a way to. There there I wrote a, a most of them. There's it's like a seventy five twenty five split between ones that I designed to like intentionally act as a moral or ethical or idealistic counter to players. Um, Like I find reasons for players to hate these groups or these groups to hate the players. Or if players get in a conflict with this group, what questions of identity could that bring up? And I wanted to really lean into that. And then the last 25% are just like, I don't know, this would be cool. So, like, I as we were sitting here talking about it, like, what sort of was really jumping out to me, like, 
Like honestly, what I what I really love about this idea, what you've talked about, is that I'm getting ideas for games already. I don't yeah. I don't even I don't know much about it, but it's like, okay. <laughs> uh I'm in. Like I like this. Yeah. Um it's, yeah, it's very I I tried very, very, very hard to give uh the players uh, a lot of hooks. Like there's there's a lot of hooks and not a lot of book. So I guess like all right. This I'm, I'm proud pure, of that one. This That's is purely, this is a purely self-serving question because I kind of love this trope in cyberpunk fiction. Hit me. But is there is there a faction that looks at the ascendants like some kind of digital deities? Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there is an there is a group. Uh, one of, I I I love all my children equally, of course. Um. But there's one group that is mostly a, like, they're a very big uh, part of the game. Like, I, pretty much every game I've ever played of Ascendancy has involved this faction in some degree. Like, even in a small degree, even in a passing mention. Um, they're a group called Vestige. Uh, and the entire gimmick of Vestige is that they are, they, <laughs> I, I, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to just say it. They're centrists. The entire idea of Vestige is that they are centrists who believe that, like, well, there's some parts of the world under an oppressive regime that were bad, but there were some parts that were good. And all we have to do are just get rid of the bad parts, and suddenly the oppressive regime isn't that bad. It's, it's this idea of they want change oh. without actually wanting change. And as part of that, they like venerate, they venerate the ascended as a fusion of uplift technology and human beings. I and it's, this. it's very much a metaphor for being queer under late capitalism because like they'll fucking wave us around like a goddamn banner, but in the end, they don't give a shit. This is very of the moment of this specific tonight, the day, the <laughs> night or super Tuesday. Yeah, that we are recording. Um. <laughs> I try my best to be uh, aggressively topical with everything I do. Mm. I, I I think I know. Well, I think with cyberpunk as a genre, I think to really work, you kind of have to. You yeah. yeah no yeah. This game is so so aggressively political. Like I um I. So I don't want to go too back into development of Ascendancy, but this game kind of has grown with me as a person as I've come more in tune with my identity and my own politics. And you can kind of see that by looking at the older factions versus the newer ones that I just like have put in in the last like month or so. Um, there's a lot more about like, you know, self-acceptance and finding happiness uh, whereas before it was like the world is cold and they will exploit you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and, and and that's, I mean, all of that is absolutely valid. No, I, mean, I know yeah. Pondsmith says that Pondsmith says that it ain't cyber if it's not political, revolutionary, and mm. um, about identity. Yeah. It, that that's, and that's you know that's ascendancy. If yeah. you were to ask me, hey, what are three tags that you would give about ascendancy? <laughs> I'd be like, okay, well, I'd probably say 
political, about identity, and completely bullshit. (laughs) I tell you you what I would really love to do is every person who is back, who's currently backed the Altered Carbon Kickstarter... I would like for them to back yours instead. Yeah, please do. Yeah. And... yeah. Get, take your money away from Turfs McGee. Yeah. And Fuck back a Ascendancy. Fuck a transpo, back a trans designer. That's... Fuck yeah. <laughs> like, I, I am way more excited about this than I yeah. think I... Like, like, not gonna lie, read the books. I liked the books. Uh, apparently, I I read more into them than the author intended. <laughs> but isn't uh, that isn't that the thing with like eighty to ninety percent of cyberpunk? Yeah, like um, eighty to ninety percent of cyberpunk is they're like, I'm gonna write a cool setting, and people are like, Wow, this is a metaphor for how capitalism is bad, and the creator is like, I didn't intend that. What are you talking about? So, so Neil Stephenson's career, basically. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm very opinionated on cyberpunk, and I wrote a cyberpunk <laughs> game, and I ver- and I have not read a lot of cyberpunk because a lot of it makes me very angry. <laughs> um. So I have a question. Um, yes, please. I don't think you're gonna have a problem answering this. Um. So, uh, cyber. So the, uh, to be clear to the audience, I am talking purely about the video game. Uh, I cyber really Punk. thought you said to be queer to the audience, and I was like, "Holy shit, I'm gonna start saying that now." Uh, I am now. That is absolutely <laughs> what I said. And if <laughs> listeners heard differently, then you're a goddamn liar. Uh, but no, um, I, I, I am. I am purely talking about the video game Cyberpunk 2077, and not right. uh, tabletop. Right. Um, a lot of problem, like, so I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. I was excited about 2077. Mm-hmm. When, first, when I first saw the picture, of it, I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Cause yeah, I was like, oh, cyberpunk and project red is good. I hear I hadn't played any other games. So I was like, this might be interesting. And, and, and cyberpunk, the, um, the original games have always been queer. Yeah. I mean, they but- definitely had like problems but like they definitely have always had that like flavor to it you know yeah I mean, Pon- Pondsmith is very specifically mike Pondsmith, the creator of mm. cyberpunk is very specifically set out to have queer con in queer content in 2013 2020 even 2030 i mean in 2020 one of the major characters characters in the setting is actually a trans woman and this came out in 1989 yeah. So, and I'm sorry. Go ahead. And the thing about the thing about 77. I mean, okay. So our third member, Fran, has actually done uh, work with Artelsarian and has actually talked to Mike about 77 and the problems. Mm. And wow. The pro- I I wish I had that level of gumption. Holy shit. Well, I mean, well, he and Mike, he, he and Mike know each other pretty well. And right. Uh, and Mike's response is, is they're trying. They're really trying. They keep fucking it up, but they're really. <laughs> Mike did. He did not say that. He did not say they're fucking it up. But his his emphasis was on that. His emphasis on. I mean, I'm speaking. Man, that shouldn't be. His emphasis was on the fact that they are really trying very hard, 
and that a lot of the pre-press about the game is much worse than the game itself, the representation of the game itself. Oh, my God. Um, and I, I, I'm I, sorry. I'm I still just, laughing at they're trying. They're really trying. I'm, I, That's I'm, a powerful line. Yeah, yeah. He's going he's gonna to come and kill me now. Um, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. He won't. <laughs> well, maybe we'll see. Oh, no. But but my question my question was, mm. um, so I feel like um, I guess I'm trying to think of a way to phrase this, and it's coming out very clumsily. Mm. Um, Clumsy phrasing my, is my job, so go ahead. One of my major problems with uh, 2077, and this is people can call me petty with this. Um, but it's that that artwork that came out, that advertisement of the transfer. Oh, skies yeah. in heaven! Yeah. yeah. Um, and that I was- I I have so I have never like I normally have a good stomach for discourse. Like I'm normally really good at, at ignoring and like not giving a shit about discourse or even participating in it. That was the only time I've ever had like discourse legitimately leave me so sick to my stomach that I had to leave Twitter. Wow. Like, I was, I was, it made me nauseous to think about. That discourse, I, I, ever since then, I've completely muted the entire, like, everything about the game. I don't, I don't, I have not followed it in any capacity, even accidental, since then. Wow. Yeah, that, it, it really, like, I, I literally still get, like, physically nauseous occasionally just thinking about that. Like, it, I, I, I hate it. I hope, well, it's okay, that I hope this, I, I hope this isn't too triggering or anything. No, it, it's an important discussion to have, because, yeah, cyberpunk, cyberpunk's a genre that has uh, an unco- a problematic history with uh, a lot of, like, identity, because it, and it's, it's a genre that's about identity and about politics, but a lot of the time authors deny that it's about identity and about politics. Yeah. So it ends up it ends up slipping in there. And when it's unintentional, that's when you start to see what people think, and that's when you start to get bad. Yeah, I mean Bill Gibson hated the cyberpunk role-playing game. <laughs> no, he really did. I'd be, yeah, I, I have not. A, I do not have a single fucking doubt in my mind if, that he if did. I, I mean, if I remember the story correctly, he actually threatened Mike, <laughs> over, which is crazy because I, I know Mike and Mike and I've met Bill Gibson once, and Mike would beat the shit out. Sorry, I I shouldn't say. <laughs> um, yeah, my, 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 my William Gibson encounter was really bad, so I've kind of yeah. had a, I've kind of had a hate on for him since uh, 1986. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it's very that fair. kind of genre in it. Yeah, I'm li- I um, I'm just real quick, I was at a Worldcon, and um, I was. You know, was I 13, 13, 14, something like that. Anyway, um, and so, you know, I was going around and there was William Gibson. He was talking to a friend of his, mm-hmm. you know. And so this this geeky 13 year old who had read Count Zero in Isaac Asimov's science fiction magazine goes up and want, and goes like, you know, I had a program. I want him to sign it. He's like he's signing it. And he's like, well, what kind of movie do you think Neuromancer should be? And I said, 
I, 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 and he looked at me and said, a good one, huh? And turned to his friend and laughed. What? What yeah. What yeah. kind of question is that? What yeah. kind of, like, are, was he expecting you to go like, oh, well, th- funny that you should ask. I have a I dossier think, right here. I think there was a debate at that point whether it should be an animated film or a live action. But I don't know. I didn't know. I hadn't even read Neuromancer at that point. Do you I had think, just read Do you Count think Zero. that if you'd given an answer in a certain direction, he probably would have like taken the like paper and like ripped it? No. No, I think that he was tired and punchy and was an asshole to a young adolescent. That's yeah. what I think. Yeah, but also like come on, man. Yeah. It doesn't look good. No. Um so I mean I have a, I have I, I I I have to admit I have had a hate on for Bill Gibson that he he turned out <laughs> I, to kind of be a bit of an asshole on his own just yeah. confirms that <laughs> <laughs> I have strong feelings. <laughs> so uh, William Gibson died. No no it's okay. yeah, yeah. I I am absolutely up for Colly William Gibson an asshole. Uh I yeah. I am I mean li- you know I made a cyberpunk game. I got to have some take on the genre, you know. I'm I'm listening I just remember he was, he was... Hmm? I was going to say I'm listening to his adaptation or his uh, Audible did a version of his script for Aliens 3. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. And I'm like we're an hour into this of a two hour audio drama and there's no alien. I didn't even know that exists. I have so many questions about. He was one of the three people to write um, scripts for alien three. If I remember it was three or four and the script wound up getting smushed together, which is why we got what we got, which is why alien three looks like that. Yeah. 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 I mean, and Paul McGann's in it, so you know I can't hate it. But <laughs> wow, but, yeah, I came I mean, here. I came here to teach you about my game, and today, and instead, I was the one who was taught. Don't we, edit that out. Cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> come, come, uh, listen, listen just, to the trans elders complain. Well, <laughs> call myself a trans elder i'll just call myself an elder because i haven't been out long enough to call myself a trans <laughs> okay fair 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 yeah. me too um so anyway ruby yes um anything so we're kind of winding down here any any last things you want to say about about a sentence we haven't talked about yet oh god there's so many Oh God, there's so much I love about this game. Why don't you talk a little bit about the the um the Kickstarter campaign? Yes, 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 yes. Good idea. Uh, that's that's a good idea to talk about. Um, so the Ascendancy Kickstarter is going live on March seventh. That is an accurate date this time. Last time I was on a show, I gave a date and then ended up pushing it back because I got really sick and had some personal problems and literally every person I know was like you cannot do the kickstarter this weekend. So I was like, okay, fair. So I pushed it back a while. Um March 7th this time, uh the goal is uh $14,000. Uh and that uh inclu- that's like, you know, a final edit, final uh like layout and 
writing and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but uh, I'm uh, sorry, I'm stammering here. Uh, so the thing I'm most the thing I'm most excited for far and away is uh, some of the stretch goals I've got, some of the stretch goals that are cooking, because holy shit, I want to hit all of them so bad. Well, uh, talk about some of the um, pledge levels, maybe. Yeah, so uh, at 15,000, uh, the first is a uh, first round of contractors. I've gotten uh, eight uh, people to do contract writing for Ascendancy. Um, and each of them are going to be adding things to the game. If we hit, uh, I've got two rounds of like adding their pitches to the game, and they'll be you know added accordingly. Um, the first round has some really cool stuff. Uh, one of like uh, my friends, uh, John Donahue, Alex McManahan, uh, Coman Fullard, and uh, Oli. I think I may have to ask uh, Oli if that's just the name they want to go by. Um, uh, there's a lot of really cool stuff in there. Uh, one of there's like um, a group of people who live inside. Or uh, nope, that's later down. Hang on. Uh, there's uh, one, the Provisional Historical Society, uh, which is like a group of uh, historians who create AI copies of Uplift, uh, which is like really cool. And I really want to see where that goes. Well, that that's absolutely my jam. So I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm in for that one. Especially because like I, you know, I very much intended the Uplift as this like grand sweeping uh, metaphor for trauma. Like, there's a lot... If you go through the books, uh, pretty like the book, like 80% of the time I mention the uplift is basically, the uplift did this. We don't know why the fuck they did that. We don't know why it's like that, but it is. Uh, there's nothing. There's nothing known about the uplift. And one of the GM principles is, this isn't a story about them. This isn't a story about reconstructing the past of the uplift. This isn't a story about, like, you know, like, it, it, figuring out their secrets or the uplift are coming back. We need to fight them again. This is what happens once they're gone, and we need to figure out what to do about that. Uh, mm. So they're very much, you know, they're, they're trauma metaphor. They're, they're trauma metaphor. Um, I, like, I like that a lot. That's actually yeah. one of the cooler parts of the setting so far. Yeah, I like it a lot. I'm very, I'm very proud of that. Uh, and it was, it's very much, um, uh, in earlier drafts, I've talked about this a bit, in earlier drafts they used to be known as the Lunarians, but I completely changed the name because the Lunarians implies an origin. <laughs> it implies that there's huh. somewhere they came from, uh, which, like, would then lead people to be like, oh, well, they're from the moon, so why were people living on the moon? The uplift means fucking nothing, except for the fact that it sounds really colonialist. Like, mm. we are the uplift, and we're here to uh, ri rise up your culture. <laughs> like, yeah, they're just I, assholes. I hate, to, I, hate, I hate to ask you about this, but are, are you familiar with, I think it's David Brin wrote the Uplift series? I am not. <laughs> But is it, wait, is it a thing? Yeah. Fuck. It's it's years and years ago. Damn. Um, human humans being being able to uplift the animals. So you like have uplifted animals that are uh, are you know can speak and walk and blah blah blah. blah. Yeah. 
from the eighties, I think was when he mainly huh. wrote it. Well, Doesn't Scott really have anything to do with 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 what you're doing except the name, and I just wanted to. No, it, it, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sure they basically looked at themselves in the same perspective of like, oh, we're uplifting these animals by granting them psychic powers and giving them trauma. Yeah, it's, I mean, <laughs> that's the thing. People of, of my generation in science fiction, uh, um, that, that there, there's the idea of uplift and um, that's what we think of. The, yeah. yeah, sorry. <laughs> Nope, that's fair. Um, yeah, it's da- I just looked it up. It's uh, David Brin. If you want to take mm. a look at it, it's got absolutely nothing to do with what you're uh, talking about. I would love to say that I will, but uh, I'm so ADHD that I can't yeah. like sit down and read anymore. So maybe I'll get it on Audible. Okay. <laughs> I'll, p- I'll probably get it on Audible. That sounds interesting. Mm. Um, sorry. Yes. So, uh, yeah, that's that's what a little stretch goal is. Plus some. Uh, uh, distraction. Uh, I don't want to talk about all of them because some of them I haven't like publicly shown them. I've only publicly mm-hmm. talked about a couple of them. Uh, so go check out the Kickstarter if you want to see what stretch goals or to see what the other uh, contributors are adding. Uh, next stretch goal. Um, so I when I say this, I don't mean to like disparage uh, the work of everyone else who's done so much work on this game and who will be adding to this once the stretch goals are reached um but the stretch goal i want to succeed the most is it uh seventeen thousand five hundred dollars uh nope sixteen thousand dollars i get to write two more playbooks for the game and nice and i love writing playbooks so if i get an excuse to write two more playbooks I will like it's it's my favorite thing in the world. I love doing it, and I want to do it so bad. <laughs> no, and that's that that is something I am. That's one of my favorite things too. Is just reading those. Like yeah, that's yeah. honestly how I get a feel for games. Is it, looking at and things it makes, like that. It makes it easier to. Um, to be able to step a new group into a game. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like when uh, I, I'm very much the person where when I would buy a new tabletop game, first thing I would do is flip to the playbooks and read all of them. Mm-hmm. I love writing them. I love reading them. They're great. So let me, okay. So let me ask about the, about the general pledge levels. Um, mm. Are, I would I would assume that there's going to be um, a PDF pledge, a physical book yes. pledge, that kind of. Yeah. Thing. So I've got uh, there's a digital tier for PDF and getting your name in the credits. Uh, there's a hardship digital tier uh, that I may actually reduce a little bit more. Uh, that I is like if you know you're in financial problem if you can't afford like a full copy of the copy at full price then you can get it for cheaper. Uh, I write tabletop RPGs for a living, so I really appreciate these hardship options. So mm. I really like I I you know I want to put them in. I, I wanted to put it in really bad. It was like something, I I it was something I wanted like hundred percent locked in. Um. Then there's like physical copies. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot I had all these. Yeah. Wow. Me- my memory <laughs> is really bad. My meds wore off long ago today. Um. 
So at one fifty, uh, if you pledge one fifty dollars, hundred fifty dollars even, one fifty. No one says dollar amounts like that. Um, you uh, one of the things of ascendancy that everyone's tried to figure out why, but even I don't know why. Uh, there's an entire section about different bars in the city. I'm 19. I don't go to bars. I don't drink. I don't intend on ever drinking. But I really love bars in fiction. So at 150, mm. uh, you get to concept and design a bar that gets put into the game. Nice. Which I really, I really hope that that one fills up because I want more stupid, ridiculous, weird bars in this weird game that I wrote. Uh, it's very much my answer to um. Spire had an entire section labeled the various goats in Spire. <laughs> so I want, so oh. I, my, my answer was what if I made a section about only the bars and none of them are just normal bars. <laughs> um, so after that, there's uh, 350 where you can uh, get a character of your own design put inside the art of the game, which uh, I always love those tiers. Uh, and it helps out Charlie because a huge amount of the art effort does go towards like designing the character to put in the art and having someone go like, hey, here's my character, put it in, is like thumbs up. Uh, plus it just, it just feels like I, I've never been able to back at one of these levels, but like, I imagine that I'd love to like open my book up and go like, see, here's my OC, look at her. She's, yeah, she's, she's um, in the book. I love that shit. I, I just have. Had a uh, a character um, appear in a uh, an Onyx Path product. Hell so yeah! I, I feel yeah. I feel <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then the last one at five hundred is uh, optional advances. Um, there's aside from like the normal playbooks, uh, there are compendium classes in Ascendancy, and uh, the optional advances uh, tier, you get to make your own compendium class. Which is like it will have at least five moves. Uh, it'll be like optional advancements. I'll I'll write the moves myself, uh, unless you already have ideas, in which case I'll just adapt them to the system. Uh, but you get to come up with the concept. You get to like come up with the like gameplay of it. Thumbs up. Nice. Yeah. Uh, that's also an excuse for me to be able to write more playbooks. <laughs> <laughs> I just love playbooks. If someone, if someone came up to me and was like, hey, Ruby, do you want to write a game of entirely playbooks? I'd probably say no, but I would consider it for a very long time. Just, just because I'm, I'm so ADHD, I wouldn't be able to do it, but I would really want to. Overall, I, I think I love everything you have said about this game. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see it come out. Yeah, me I can't, too. I can't wait to back it. Um, so, kind of wrapping up here, uh, other than the Kickstarter, is there anything else you want to plug? Um, oh, anything else I want to plug? Um, would you like to plug your, your Twitter? Oh, yeah, good idea. Yeah, that's a very, that's a very good idea. Uh, you can find me and the uh, game on Twitter uh, at IronSparkCyrus, uh, spelled, or IronSpark, and then Cyrus spelled S-Y-R-I-S. Um, there, you can follow me there, uh, see me post about 
just the worst content imaginable. I, I just post, I, my Twitter is bad. <laughs> um, I have now followed you, so we'll see how bad I, I give that a week. <laughs> I notice a very high follower turnover. Uh, I posted, I, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, she follows me, and I posted about garlic coke the other day. Oh, that wasn't bad. Oh, <laughs> I would was... love, I would love to try that. No, okay, I... So I have this, I have this theory. Uh, in fact, I have it in front of me. Um, I was drinking a vanilla Coke Zero as I was cooking dinner the other day, mm-hmm. and I had a clove of garlic in my hand, and I looked at it, and the drop of vanilla looks an awful lot like uh, a bit of garlic. <laughs> and so I, my theory is that Coke tried to market garlic Coke. It didn't go well, but they had all these cans, so they just changed it to vanilla. I would try that. I would unfortunately try it. Garlic Coke Zero. (laughs) So, Cassie, where can people find you? Oh, we're not... We're not digging anything this week? Uh, Not this week, because we're running long, and... uh, Uh, Hang on. Sorry, I'm very wordy. Can I give, like... uh, Can I give just a quick last shill? Because I forgot to mention... Uh, in case you haven't, uh, like, already clicked into the uh, game in the description, uh, you can find the Kickstarter at tinyurl.com forward slash ascendancy kickstarter. Uh, you can find the illustrator working on it at It's Charlie Now. You can find uh, Sorbet, who did the logo, right, the incredible logo that we talked about, at uh, Sorbet Draws. Uh, and you can uh, play Heart of the Woods by VN Studio Elon. <laughs> I had an idea for where Heart to go with that, Woods. but you know what? Go play Heart of the Woods. Heart of the Woods is amazing. It's really it is, good. I, also, it's my first, my first visual novel, and it hopefully won't, won't be my last. It was it's so my good. favorite. It's one of my favorite mediums. Also, while I'm at it, go watch Symphogear. Fuck it. I'll continue the tradition. Keep, watch Symphogear. <laughs> That's all I got. That's all the plugs I have. <laughs> okay. Sorry, it's a running joke between a bunch of my friends and I that sh- you shill Simfo gear instead of anything important. So, um, while I'm while we're shilling, um, our <laughs> absent com- comrade uh, Fran Stewart has a book called Vigilant Through Shadows and Dreams that's available at um drive through books or drive through rpg and on amazon and barnesandnoble.net in electronic form um she also has uh, a couple of the products that it have to do with the onyx path scarred lands um setting and her lovely wife has just um uh put out with uh, Travis Lee um a revised version of the original Scarred Lands module, um, the Serpent M, well, one of them, the Serpent Amphora, in a revised version with a bunch of pre-made characters, one of which includes one of my characters. So I just had to plug that. Oh, yeah. that, that just came out uh, the other day, didn't it? It just came out the other day. It's available on the Slaracian Vault uh, through Drive Through RPG. Nice. Hell yeah. yeah. My character, uh, my character's in there, my wife's character is in there, and then a few other people's. 
when we played through the serpent and the the serpent amphora a bazillion years ago. <laughs> uh, I remember buying that when it came out. Yeah, I, I remember running through it. I was in I was in high school. <laughs> it was nineteen. No, it was at two thousand. Um, I want to say it was like two thousand. 2008, 2000, something around, something like that? 2007, because I was still in high school. Okay. But anyway, so so you can look for that, and uh, the elvish druid uh, was my my character. So there you go. Um, I guess we're we're not doing shout-outs, so I can't... You know what? Let's do do shout-outs. All right. Yeah, give shout-outs. So so here's what we've been digging this week actually for the past two weeks um so fran thrust uh kashimashi girl meets girl into my hands a a few weeks ago and um i read all five volumes in less than a week um it gave me many feelings (laughs) and um i can recommend it but um it's it it at first it made me feel a little upset because okay the basic idea is this this uh this this let's call him a sort of feminine-ish boy um asks the girl out and in despair he, he being a person who loves nature and flowers goes up hiking on a mountain and you know as you do gets hit by a spaceship um and um the alien running this realizes his mistake and decides to reconstruct the boy but unfortunately in the reconstruction of the boy um somehow um the her gender is switched and there is absolutely no way it can ever be switched back that sounds that sounds very how how old is this um I, i think it's about i don't know maybe 10 15 years old Maybe okay. At most. Yeah, and there's a there's an anime too. It's 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 very popular um, among trans women, I know. Uh, <laughs> um, and so, I mean, part of what bothered me, and then you know, basically they get her, not giving too much away because this is like in the first couple of chapters. Um, they get around the whole, you know, um, how will how will people how. How will you know? Will she have to hide herself or anything like that? Uh, in a in a wonderful way, which is the alien having made this mistake makes a worldwide announcement about the accident and the mistake, and pre- precisely who the boy turned girl is, and then goes to live in his house. Um, but it's about how she and her friends adjust and reintegrate themselves into relationships. And there's um, a lot of queerness in it, even though, oddly, the uh, writer and artist aren't queer um, and they're both men. Um, and it, I, I at first I was like, oh, man, this this girl had it easy. You know, she's she she is to quote the, the manga, a girl down to her demon. Uh, damn it. But then looking at it, there's so much in it that I can see. Refl- uh, reflections of the trans experience it's uh it's 
it's really good um it's funny in parts it will make you cry in other parts and um and it's definitely a a, a recommendation for um so there's that and then um our last episode i mentioned the first book in a young adult fantasy trilogy called gothcraft uh, and i've read this second book now and i'm midway through the third it's by jeffrey cook and Catherine perkins it's from clockwork dragon press the second book is called spf 1066 and as promised it becomes a lot more queer than the first book which is always a good thing and, and that's my double shout out that i've been waiting to make for two weeks <laughs> <laughs> and ruby what uh what are you into this week what am I into this week? Um, let's think. I uh, recently repicked up uh, CrossCode uh, because I have been playing that game on and off since it literally came out, uh, and I'm intending to finally finish it. Uh, it's a top-down, like Zelda-like game uh, that feels like what Zelda could be if they weren't cowards. Um, it's, it's, it's really fun. It's mechanically elegant. Uh, I'm not very far in, but I've heard good things about the story, but I'm kind of like, you know, I'm not far in, so I can't really judge. Um, but the setting is this really fascinating idea, and I hope they really like lean into it, where it takes place in a, um, like an MMO where instead of creating virtual avatars in a virtual world, they manifest, they create proxy bodies for you to inhabit on a distant planet. So, like, all of the NPCs that you run into are the natives of that planet and people who live there and live their lives in this game, and you're just a player wandering through. Funky. Um, and... Uh, the the main character is probably the most charming silent protagonist I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, her entire thing is that like the system that lets her speak is broken, so all she can say is hi, bye, and her own name. Wow. So th so throughout the game, uh, people will be like, you know, like sh she'll just randomly blurt out one of the three words that she can say while looking like really, really proud. She's like, <laughs> Leah, you know, just randomly like in the middle of a conversation, she'll just say like, Leah, because <laughs> she can't do anything else. Uh, I, I love that game a lot. And I hope that it, uh, you know, ends up being what everyone tells me it is, because I'm I'm so far enjoying it. I've got my complaints with it, but like I I'm having a lot of fun. It definitely sounds cool. It sounds like a, a not bad version of sword art. Yeah. Um, I will say the biggest problem with it is that the controls are bad. Mm. Um, it has like fully remappable keyboard controls. Um, and they take a really long time to get used to, but I think they're probably the best way to play the game because the um the controller controls aren't remappable so if you have a problem with the controls screw you uh so mm. play on keyboard if you want to play the game i recommend that one 
Uh, so I guess it's my turn. So uh, weird. Um, I actually have a video game. I, well, I have two. I have two. Um, so uh, for my birthday, just got me a PS4. Nice. Uh, yeah. Um, so I have been playing Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, big. I, I'm a nerd. I know. I love Kingdom Hearts. Have you heard of Interstitial? I have not. <gasps> Allow me to make your fucking day. Okay. Uh, Interstitial <laughs> or Hearts Intertwined is a uh, tabletop game made by my friend uh, Riley Hopkins. Uh, it's a tabletop game uh, based on Kingdom Hearts, but not as in you play as like o- OCs in Kingdom Hearts. It is you play as like pre-existing fictional characters smashed together in this like weird fanfic mess that doesn't work it's really charming it's really fun and it's like and it's it's weirdly earnest and funny at the same time uh they did a podcast of it and there's a scene really early on in the podcast where the gm and one of the players the gm is playing as um david blaine and the player is playing as chris angel and they're having a really genuine conversation while all while everyone else in the call is losing their shit in the background (laughs) and then and then the gm says like and you hear another voice and then does like a mickey impersonation and everyone just loses it it's a it's an incredible game i cannot recommend it enough because like it's it's charming and funny and everything that I, you would want out of a Kingdom Hearts tabletop game. I don't know if I can talk my players into playing this. <laughs> um, it was a hard sell to get them to try out I Hunt. Um, it's it's a high concept game. I'll give them. I'll, I'll admit that. But I think so. Is Kingdom Hearts really? Yeah. I, uh, no, not gonna lie. Love Kingdom Hearts. Uh, so I have been I they they had a sale where it was like oh get every Kingdom Hearts game thirty bucks. Wow! And I was <laughs> That's like a lot of games. A lot of games. That's a lot of Kingdom Hearts for not a lot of money. No, so I'm in the I. <laughs> Welcome like, to hell. My partner's like still playing Kingdom Hearts. I was like, yeah. Maybe. She's like, yeah. you want to play? You want to play anything else? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, no. I I don't like Kingdom Hearts. I don't care about Kingdom Hearts, but I do love Donald Duck. So that's fair. There is a legitimate yeah. case to be made because of Kingdom Hearts that Donald Duck is the strongest character in Final Fantasy canon. So I would argue that there's that. You'd argue what? I would I, I would argue that as well. That Entirely, Donald I mean the Donald best character. Uh entirely because uh he casts a spell a level above the spell bahamut uses to destroy an entire continent in final fantasy 14 that and i say he also has probably the best character arc god why is kingdom hearts that no yeah yeah just that why 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 is kingdom hearts i i i mean i know nothing about the the games other than and, you know, general information. I just love Donald Duck. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. No, um, that's that's a valid reason. Yeah. Yes. And I think the other, the, yes. my other, my other shout out because you know we can't have just one. 
yeah. um, is going to be actually a, a YouTuber, Ruby, from your part of the world. Oh. Uh, from Utah. I want to make sure I'm getting the name right. Um, my partner, my partner stumbled across this because she's, she, she's very much into engineering and into like seeing what machines can do and, and pushing them to their limit. Um, so recently we've gotten on a kick of watching tow trucks. <laughs> like people, that, people that do towing. Okay. And the like, interesting ways and they'll have to like get stuff out of certain positions I hope to God that my car is not in there. <laughs> uh, no, no, it's this. It's this guy called Matt's Off-Road Recovery. Um, this is more of the redneck with a Jeep approach to towing. Okay, thank God. That, I'm like, oh no. It's people that get stuck out like in the the southern Utah, like yeah, mountains out where there's like there. God, that area is, like, weirdly beautiful because it's simultaneously, like, horrifying and stunning where you will look out and in one direction see infinity and then in the other direction the mountains are, like, right on top of you. It's incredible. Yeah, and that, well, that's the other reason I like watching them because of the scenery. But his general approach for removing stuck vehicles is an old Junker Jeep uh, that is painted a... Uh, disgustingly bright yellow uh, and a very stretchy rope. You and Jess watch the most unique things. She I'm finds it. Listen, listen, she finds them. I'm along for the ride. YouTube, <laughs> YouTube is really, really fun for like finding weird niche like hobbies or like like rabbit holes you didn't know exist, you know? Well, like, there's a whole subculture of trans girl machinists. That rules. Like, people, yeah, that just it, rules. I don't have like, anything to say. That just rules. Like, we, like, the, um, like, we just, like, she's been showing me the, the channel that's run by the folks at the Communications Museum in Seattle. Uh-huh. Uh, trans girls maintaining telephone switches, like, really <laughs> old ones. I Holy shit. I had no idea. Yeah. Uh, huh. It's like, I, I don't know how she finds it, but they're dope. And uh, while I am very much a, um, uh, a humanities student, I mm. mean, I am a historian. Like, you know, I have degrees in education and history, mm. not engineering. Uh, I regularly tell Jess, uh, damn it. I'm a doctor, not a whatever. <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you this has been thank you, thank you. star trek jokes i feel like that's one of the jokes that like tell it to me honest does every doctor just have that in their mind that they're like oh i cannot like it when you're doing your doctorate program the entire time you're just like i cannot wait i can't wait to make that joke i can't um i can i can i can absolutely say that no at least one didn't not my first endocrinologist Really? Who absolutely sounded like Foghorn Leghorn, <laughs> and was powerful. Was about as racist. Oh, uh, this is so oh, okay. Yeah, maybe right? maybe we should have waited to laugh. No, 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 it's fine. Bear in mind, this was rural West Virginia, so you yeah. take what you get. I say, I say, I say, girl. I, no, I'm going to stop right there.
No, yeah. it's like, it's like Thank I, say, you. I say, I say, I'm going to give you Premarin instead of Estradiol. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It wasn't until I moved up here to D.C. that they're like, oh, like, I told my doctor, like, I'm on Premarin. She's like, oh, my God. Let's get you off of that. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, welcome to hell is the eastern panhandle of West Virginia. <sighs> yeah, anyway. So, uh, Ruby, it has been an absolute fucking pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much. I uh, don't know how coherent I come off in this interview, but I love talking, so... Listen, you come out about you come off as coherent as the rest of us. Agreed. <laughs> so, what yeah, I, you're you're good, you're fine. What I lack in coherence, I make up for in passion. I, I like that. That's damn, that's, that's really a t-shirt. That's a yeah, t-shirt. that's a t-shirt right there. That's that's uh, that's your new that's your new add-on. <laughs> make, make the same mistake that Chaosium did. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I have opinions about that. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, okay. So, so Ruby, Liz, where, where can they find you? Uh, yeah. Find people can find me. Um, in addition to currently trying to very quietly pee in your bathroom, uh, you can find me on Twitter at little underscore Lizzie twenty two because I did uh. I did not get just little underscore Lizzie and the great Twitter purge. <laughs> uh, I can be found at tip transformed on the Twitters, uh, which is a nice wizard of Oz joke there. I, I, I quite like it. Um, and where can we be found on Twitter? We can be found on Twitter uh, at transmissions, but you'll have to listen to how I spelled it because I spelled it wrong when I signed up for the account. We are at T-R-A-N-S-M-I-S-T-I-O-N-S. We are on Facebook at Tabletop Transmissions, spelled exactly how it sounds, but with three words. And we can be found on um, Podbean and iTunes. And um, if you listen to us on or download us from iTunes, please leave some kind of starred review to help us with their mighty, mighty algorithm. And please feel free to um, leave comments, leave criticisms, leave questions, leave anything at any of our Twitter accounts. Um, oh, I suppose I should say Ronald. Yeah, I, I suppose I should say Fran is at Ronalyn Valor. Um, she's not here this week. Um, but yeah, I mean, we would love, we always love to get feedback and we'd love to do another show with your feedback. We would. So anyway, Ruby, thanks again so much for joining us. Thank you, Ruby. Um, be sure to look out for the Kickstarter on March 7th. Yeah, March and 7th. That's running for what, 30 days? 30 days. 30 days. Uh, 30 so days. anyway, folks, it's been a pleasure, and we will see you all next week. Bye. Bye.